Welcome to Street Fight Radio. It's me, Brian Quinby, your host, Murder Brian on Twitter. Uh, what is all the other stuff Brett says? I don't, I don't know all the stuff Brett says. You know, you can get as much of this as you would ever need if you sign up on our Patreon. You can get our zine at Street Patreon. Uh, just go to Patreon and slash Street Fight or something like that. I don't fucking know. I'll tell you what. Click the next show or the show back and listen to how Brett opens the show. Boom. You got yourself all the information you would ever need. But as you can tell, since Brett is not opening the show this week, that must mean that he's not fucking here. And the reason for that is uh, we got free tickets to luxury boxes at WWE Fastlane this week. Uh, we've never been in a luxury box in our lives, either one of us. It's I gotta tell you, these luxury bars, they got something going on up there. <laughs> but uh, so we didn't do our call in show. So we wanted to get a show out just to make sure that you got your 3 million hours of Street Fight a week. And so uh, I decided after talking to him that I would have Sam Knight on. And we're gonna do a fucking episode of Street Fight, basically. How you doing, Sam? I'm good. I'm good. Welcome, everyone, to the number one anarcho. How are you? I'm sorry. <laughs> Is, is, is my audio working? You just, you're back now. You're good now. Oh, I, I was just saying, welcome everyone to the uh, number one anarcho comedy show on any station throughout the nation. Just trying to uh, fill in for Brent. How fucking funny is that? That like you're not the every time I do an episode of Street Fight without Brett, the intro is really shitty like that, and then the guest comes on and does all of the work that Brett usually does. There, I, I think it's just with the theme song. It's it's so rhythmic that it 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 you know you you hear it a few times and it's it's just in your head, sort of like that jingles from back in the day that you can never forget. Well, this show is basically two guys that have the same jobs on their own shows. You know, we don't do that sort of work. We're not announcer types. We don't have to know anything. We just. We come in and the other guy does all the stuff and then we're like, hey, farts, you know, or whatever. Yeah, the joke yeah. Is. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had Sam in this week because uh, we were talking and we haven't had any updates on what goes on in the White House on this show since 2016. The show has been, uh, I mean, Look, we never were anybody that talked about a lot of that stuff, but it is all important to know, obviously. And we we like to peek our head in and see what's going on. And uh, Sam does a show, the Dis District Sentinel Radio, which I listen to to get my news, actually, to tell you the truth. And they cover news. And uh, so we're going to we're going to go ahead and look into some of these fucking heels that Trump is working with that are running the government that I hate. So, so uh, I guess we could just like dive right in. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, first of all, let me say now that you've introduced uh, Sentinel radio, I should note that um, my co-host Sam Sachs is basically the Brett of the show and that he always does the intro. Uh, so I'm with you on that one, Brian. I'm just sort of trying to, uh, to, to space out most of, most of the intro doing. So solidarity with uh, intro spacing out. Shit. Sorry, you cut out there. Um, I, I like when Brett is doing the intro 
I will be fully engrossed in like something I'm reading on my computer. Cause like, I'm like, I got two and a half minutes here. I like, I know how long he goes. Yeah. Yeah. Roughly a minute 96 or a minute 56 to two and a half minutes. And I'm like hitting my vaporizer, making sure all my drinks are all set up. I'm looking at news stories. I'm, I'm like reading whole stories. I'm reading Twitter. I'm doing all this stuff while he does it. And then he's like, how's your week, Brian? <laughs> and I like pop my head just pops right into the thing. Oh, I'm doing, uh, I'm doing great or something. <laughs> but uh, last I week, feel like, I, I feel like Brett then hits the vape or something himself. Like immediately then you talk for a little bit and give Brett a chance to like catch his breath and like, you know, take a, take a toke or whatever, whatever packs he's uh, working on. What what's really fucking funny about Brett is that Brett hits a bong through the whole show. He does Jesus not vape. Christ. He hits this big rubber black barrel <laughs> bong. It's like a bong that's like a, a like kind of like looks like a barrel and it's 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 huge and he fucking hits a he hits a bong like seven times throughout the show. Roughly once every 10 minutes he hits a bong. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I had a uh, I had a bad uh, bong experience recently, although it was kind of cool. Um, so you you know Nick Hayes, of course, the guy who does your video, yeah, uh, occasionally, yeah, yeah. He came to a he came to DC and he was filming us, and I had a bit of a cough, and he he wanted me to hit the bong for the video, and basically I uh like I. I guess I greened out if you want to call it that. Like I definitely like just lost consciousness for like art, like for a few seconds and uh, almost spilled the bong everywhere. And it's uh it's on video. So that's pretty cool too. He will get you to just do shit on video. He loves like he, he got me the other day when we, he came to Asheville after he did that stuff with you guys. And I was sitting in the bar, just having a monster meltdown because one, there was like eight people there and I just we're, we're talking an hour before the show, but still like having a meltdown, like maybe these are the only eight people that are going to show up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then there were also some regulars at the bar and this bar was like this kind of weird bar and uh, they were loud and yeah. they were, um, I would say, like probably a lot more interesting to themselves than they were to an outsider, if that makes sense. Oh man, uh, that I, I, I feel like a panic attack coming on just thinking about that. <laughs> right. So there's no green room. So I go sit in a chair in the front row where the stage is. And I'm just sitting there looking at my phone and trying not to focus on anything. Nick's like, can I come over here and hook a mic to you and ask you a few <laughs> questions? <laughs> I was like, I'd fucking rather you didn't. And he was like, are you sure? And I was like, oh, I guess if you have to. And he did. <laughs> and I talked and I, I just was like, I was f fucking freaking out, man. It's so much easier to do those things. Like when when we're all in the same place, but like I think Brett was outside throwing up, and like <laughs> we were the only two people that it was just us on that show. There weren't any guests, and uh, that it, it was just like we both completely fucking melted down for some reason. We we do it every time, but uh, 
Yeah, he. It's so much easier when it's like a show with guests. Like we'll we'll bring Nick with us a lot of times when we do stuff with Chapo, and we've had Nick with us when we do stuff with you guys. And it's like he can talk to everybody, but when it's just the two of you, he's like hit a bong, do this fucking wild thing, and you're like, oh man, I'm not acting. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I I figured it would be visually cool, you know, at least and. You know, it's fucking hitting a bong. I'm, what am I going to do? Not hit the bong? Right. That's the thing. Brett is our guy for that stuff. When we were in Chicago, we did the show at the hideout with the Chapo guys. And uh, there was somebody had whippets at the show. Oh. <laughs> it was like, who wants to do a whippet on stage? And everybody, <laughs> obviously, every, most of us were like, I'm not going to do a whippet on stage. And Brett was like, I'll do a whippet on stage. <laughs> If a fucking guy does a whip it and doesn't even react, it was the fucking coolest thing in the world. I was like, he just knows how to do everything. Like, he reacted. He was like, I'm a little wasted off this whip it, but he didn't like fall down or act like a fucking fool. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's that. Uh, that's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm, I, I'm a whip it virgin. So I would definitely probably not do it on stage. Fuck. The only time I did it, I was in this weird guy's fucking basement. And he had a box fan sitting down. And like, I just remember hitting it, sitting on the ground, then getting on all my all fours and knocking the fucking box fan down with my head like a bull and then laying on top of it. That's like all I did. And then five minutes later, I was completely normal. I was like, what am I doing here? <laughs> it kind of reminds me of when I saw my friends do special K and I like, I walked out of the room for five minutes and I came back and they were. You know, you know how it is. Yeah, that DMT shit is something like that, where it's like, I don't know if I like to fully 100% disassociate, you know? Like, I like LSD. I like I like mushrooms, and those can get pretty intense, but I feel like you're still sort of grounded in the world. And But, like, whippets and, like, DMT, those things that are, like, they only even last 15 minutes. I'm like, I, I don't need that shit. I don't need to like see gnomes and shit like that. Like, I, I don't think I, I can't, I don't want to leave the planet completely. I guess. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, it's so short. It, 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 it makes it seem like it's something you can just do on your lunch break, you know? Right. But it feels, it doesn't <laughs> feel like 15 minutes. I don't think when you're in it, like I've been on acid where it's like, fuck, how long's it been? And you think it's been four hours and it's been 25 minutes. You know? Right. But, <laughs> but that's that's like if you're on your lunch break and you want it to last a really long time, like, I don't know, maybe you should just do some salvia. Yeah, just get grab your DMT <laughs> vape pen and go sit in your car. I just can't imagine you'd be able to return directly to work. I did. I worked on acid at the pizza place <laughs> at Chuck E. Cheese when I worked there. I uh I worked in the kitchen on acid and it was a little bit of a mind fuck but I was able to like make it through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> so last week the first guy I want to talk about and because you mentioned him to me is last week we talked about Sinclair Broadcasting which is a fucking company out of Baltimore that owns pretty much all the TV stations. <laughs> Yeah. Is, is that a kind of a basically correct? They own a shitload of TV. They like, I don't know if they're in every market, but they're in close to every market. And in some of them, they own two television stations. Here they own two television stations. 
So they're definitely uh, trying to get in every market right now. And uh, Ajit Pai, who is the chair of the FCC, is has pretty much bent over backwards to try to do it. And uh, it, 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 it's, it's pretty scummy. Basically, Pi started meeting with uh, Sinclair executives immediately in the, in the few days after uh, Trump's surprise election. And he, he met with them a few times before uh, he was confirmed and uh, nominated and confirmed. And some of the first things he did uh, were very much aligned with uh, basically what Sinclair what was on their wish list. And for example, right before Sinclair bought Tribune, which I think you talked about, you did talk about on your last show. Yeah, right? a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> right, yeah. So, well, I mean, whatever. Uh, Sinclair owns right now uh, TV stations that reach 39% of U.S. house or 38% of U.S. households. If they were to buy Tribune, they would ha- they would uh, reach seventy two percent of of households, uh, which is illegal, uh, which we'll get back to. So, what are the, right before this announcement of this mega merge came out, Ajit Pai and the FCC announced they're going to restore something which is called the UHF discount. And I'm just going to read a little bit from uh, a Politico article about this. UHF discount, quote, is a throwback to the days when the high-frequency TV spectrum, the part higher than Channel 13, was filled with low-budget stations with often scratchy reception of analog rabbit ears. That quality gap no longer no longer exists in today's world of digital television, but under the policy that Pi revived, the commission does not fully count those stations' market size when tallying a broadcaster's national reach. Now, this is important because Congress has basically imposed a cap on what your bro- what one broadcaster's national reach can be. And that cap right now is 39%. So basically, if Ajit Pai were to apply this rule, this UHF discount rule that doesn't even, it's technologically obsolete, it would allow Sinclair with Tribune, with their new Tribune assets, to reach 72% of the entire country. And the, the, the dollar amount of the deal is not that big in the world of business. It's only $3.9 billion. But as you noted, when you were talking about it last week or last show, is that these, these local TV stations have absurd amounts of, of soft influence. Oh, my God. Yeah, they change kind of i'm sorry are you there yeah yeah they 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 fucking they do like i mean here's the thing any sinclair isn't just like fucking they don't just own like amc or something like like they don't own cable things they own the shit that is going through the air and that's i think that's the thing that people get their hands on where they're I mean, the the example we brought up, which is in our wheelhouse, is the wild overestimation of how much crime there is, is yeah. a di- direct result of local news. I don't know that you could argue anything else contributes to that as much no, as it, local news or maybe it, fucking like law and order and stuff. But th- <laughs> that's also on broadcast TV, you know? Yeah. And and and. It, it reminds me of uh, of Michael Moore's uh, Bowling for Columbine documentary when 
he sort of goes over like does a super clip of all the local news uh uh stories and how they're just so insanely fear-based and everything is something you should fear like even when they're trying to do a good thing and do like watchdog journalism it's like they they make it like a fear thing like this burger place is going to give you salmonella and like it 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 it's crazy over the top and uh yeah i think i i really think that the popularity of this give the drug dealers the death penalty thing is a direct result of local news as though drug dealers are the people that are responsible for what is happening right now like they they've been convinced like there are a lot of people who have lost people in their lives that are convinced now that it was the drug dealers fault that those people got hooked on drugs and not like a myriad of different fucking reasons that push poor people or you know working class people to use painkillers if that if that makes sense you know like there's a million reasons why somebody who works on a roof all day would want to use painkillers or would yeah. get hooked on fucking painkillers you know i everybody i know that's been on them were prescribed them in a period of time where it's been investigated and admitted that they were flooding they were flooding parts of the country with these things you know yeah, and I, I bet if you were to check to see uh, what sort of advertising space that uh, Sinclair was what it's, it's selling to, I'm, I'm sure a bunch of pharmaceutical companies uh, are, fill up their airwaves and 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 their and their ads too. Right. I, well, and and I never even saw the death penalty for drug dealers thing in any place other than local news comments. That was the yeah. only place I ever saw it until Donald Trump started to bring it up. And now I'm like, man, <laughs> they're, yeah. they're the last, I mean, I, I guess the user is the last person responsible for this, but it's definitely not some person who saw, oh shit, I'm broke. Everything else is being sold at Walmart. I'll sell the one thing that I know that I can sell that Walmart can't sell. Well, Trump is kind of like the ultimate uh, local news comments president. I mean, today today he was talking about the wall. Uh, and again, he just is so fixated on the idea that the wall has to be see-through. And it's just, it just seems like such like, you can see this like, sort of like, I don't know, like a 2000 word comment to some Columbus dispatch story about why the wall needs to be see-through and that's how and that's how trump got the idea well that's a total that is there is that sink there's a total sinclair thing where during their news broadcast they'll have some you know like middle-aged white dude like a, a a guy my age stand up in front of like a screen and point at all the bad things in the world and like give you a right wing version of what's happening. When we talked about it on street fight or on, on the last episode of street fight, we were talking about how it's called the, the terror desk. Now it's like the oh. war on terror desk. When I was watching the news a lot, it was called the point with Mark Hyman. And this guy actually happened to fucking work for the company. He was like on the board <laughs> at Sinclair and he would just come on TV at the end of the news and be like, these 
fucking liberals want to make abortion legal. I, can you believe that? They want to make it, he would do like, you know, it was like all like the liberals or, or he would say a problem. Like, for example, like now he would say the opiate epidemic and he'd be like, Republicans want to punish the people that are getting these people hooked on drugs, like the drug dealers and Democrats think that we should just give them free heroin and let them live in a mansion for the rest of their lives. And that's the point with Mark. You know, like he, he would drastically get both sides of every issue wrong, but but slanted in favor of conservative politics. And it's like, look, I've talked about this in interviews with I, I think I talked about this in an interview with Mike and I've Mike magazine and a few other places like if you're not a person who's steeped in it, that, I mean, like, luckily I know people who do journalism and like, I follow, I follow this sort of thing. Like I, I know you guys and I know Alex press and I've met, I've met people that do this. You are convinced that it is like, uh, like that this guy, this, this, this person that's on the news and is talking at you has no reason to bullshit you like that. He's just telling you what is happening and how it is. And it shapes opinions. And when it's right wing, I mean, if you're not particularly sophisticated, like I, I was not, there was a time in my life where I didn't know what right and left were. I just believed what he said. Like, I was just like, well, this is on the news. This is the news. These Democrats are fucked up. These liberals and leftists are fucked up. And, uh, they're still doing that. Like that's, they, they have not stopped doing that. And they're going to, and you're saying they're going to be in 78 fucking percent of homes. Like that's going to change a lot of people. That's going to keep a lot of people conservative, you know? Yeah. Well, see uh, the good news is that because it's so brazen, there is hope that it will somehow uh, get struck down by the courts it, mm. And also, uh, Ajit Pai, for a lot of the reasons that I just described, uh, he's actually currently under investigation by the <laughs> uh, by the FCC Inspector General for basically uh, for 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 he's accused of basically carrying water for Sinclair, specifically for Sinclair, and uh, it, I mean that's kind of like in the Trump era. The, the they say the the quiet part loud and I, I know everyone's been saying that recently it, but it's it just makes for such great um like slow motion car crashes and <laughs> ho hopefully this will be another um, he, i mean he's so fucking unlikable right like he, he, he like he's the guy that he's one of the only guys that stepped in shit and it stuck to him i think yeah. anytime you say ajit pie to anybody that's even like barely paying attention, they're like, "Oh fuck that guy! He tried to take the internet away." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, it's to give you an idea of like how little he actually has a sense of how scummy he is. Is right after he repealed the uh, the the Obama era net neutrality rules, he gave a friendly interview to BuzzFeed Benny. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like. They did. They did some stupid thing, like eight things you can still do on the internet. And he was like, it was just like videos of him, like with like a fidget spinner or something. And I like saw that I did. Yeah. See that. Yes. Yes. And he, he, people were just fucking going nuts. And as you would expect, and like how how thick do you like? 
I, I get wanting to gloat to the conservative media if you're a conservative and you've just done a very conservative thing. But why would you go to BuzzFeed Benny? Yeah, or what? I mean, even even the like, who even knows if he was gloating? Like, he seemed like a guy that was so not self-aware that he felt like he was smoothing things over with yeah. people who were worried about it. It's like, no, that I mean, people aren't fucking that stupid anymore that you can just be the chairman of the FCC and be like, look, I'm playing with a lightsaber on BuzzFeed. <laughs> like me now. It's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> like, that's what's been good about these teenagers fighting with these politicians and like not playing by the rules. And it bothers them so much. It's like you would think they would have learned in 2016 that playing by the rules fucks you every single time. Like like a guy like Marco Rubio hasn't learned still that when you start fights with people that don't have to play by your dumbass fucking deb debate club rules, you lose every single time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just saw we just saw the West Virginia teachers uh, get something out of a wildcat strike. Yeah. Yeah, that was fucking beautiful. I, I was. was so lucky to get to talk to somebody that was involved with that because I was just like, I just want to tell you people how great you are. So Ajit Pai and Sinclair are scum, but there's got to be other dudes involved in this administration that I can hate, Sam. Oh, oh, uh, uh, yeah, definitely. Um, and I, I picked out two other guys who are, uh, I think, uh, your audience will be able to appreciate why they're shitty because they're, they're shitty in, in very street fight ways. <laughs> um, so I guess I could start with or continue with, uh, why, don't we, why don't we talk about Bill Emanuel because we just talked about the inspector general for the FCC. Uh, I guess I'll get back to that. So uh, Bill Emanuel is with the, he's a member of the National Labor Relations Board uh, which basically adjudicates labor law in this country, federal labor law, uh, the National Labor Relations Act. So if you want to form a union and you accuse your boss of unfair labor practices, you take it before the NLRB. Their basically sole function is to rule on all matters involving unions. So around about late, it was December uh, of last year, they uh, voted to roll uh, completely eviscerate a eviscerate. Uh, they, they eviscerated an Obama era rule called joint employer. Uh, it was called the joint employer standard of the Obama era. And basically, what what Obama wanted to do, uh, one of the good things he did, uh, although it was reversible ish, as you'll see, every every fucking thing he did was reversible. Yeah, yeah. but. This was it was a really good thing, actually, if if it was implemented, because basically what it said is that if you're a corporation and you even exert indirect control over a franchise, you're still liable for labor law. So that basically would have meant to its logical conclusion that McDonald's workers uh, would be much more easily able to unionize because instead of bargaining with each individual franchise owner, they would uh they would be able to bargain bargain with corporate, which is something they can't do uh, under current law. So anyway, Trump's NLRB rolled this back, uh, but the Inspector General came in, 
our, our good old friend, the inspector general came in and said that Bill Emanuel, one of the Republican members who participated in this vote, he should have taken part because his old, his old law firm had challenged the Obama era standard, which was still in the courts. And so basically the, the, the inspector general said he had a conflict of interest. He should have recused himself. And then surprisingly, this all happened really quick. And, and, and by, uh, by February, they, they voted to uh, reverse the reversal. And uh... <laughs> I mean, it's fucking the thing that gets me about things like this is like nothing can ever happen. Th this is when you start to think, like, can anything really ever get done here? Like, are we ever going to figure like it seems like every president, well, every Democratic president <laughs> makes all of his rulings as though there's a permanent gonna always be democrats in power yeah. or as though they're like well if you don't like it you can just get rid of it after i'm out of here <laughs> which is not the not i don't think what people think they're voting for I guess. <laughs> probably not no but at, at least in this case it's uh, a it, there's just comedy all around in in the republicans like how they tried to repeal this and then just got totally owned um on on something that seemed really completely uh avoidable uh can i ask do you think it's because like a lot of these dudes just don't like they just don't know what they're doing they don't know how like it seems like we've moved to this time where a lot of the people getting elected and appointed aren't politicians and like I don't know if that's a, the worst thing in the world. Actually, I mean, it's not great, but it, it's like all the bad shit they want to do. They get in there and they're like, I, I don't fucking know. I mean, I guess I'll just do it. And then it gets <laughs> you know what I do you think that that's because of like this, this uh, like weird right wing populist wave where like dudes that own like fucking companies that import slinkies from china get a job and, and thing and like being the in like judging imports or whatever you know what i mean like it's yeah. just he he made a lot of fucking dumbass people he put a lot of dumbass people in charge of things that are doing things that they'll never stand like that that a, a court is gonna reverse it probably most of the time i mean a lot of the courts are super corrupt but yeah is it do you think it is like just really unsophisticated like people you've been in dc for a long time <laughs> it, yeah. it, does it seem different now to you i mean you hear stories about the trump administration having difficulty filling jobs and people just like straight up not wanting that shit on their resume um <laughs> what about that night wasn't there a 19 year old recently that got like a really high up job. Fuck. I wish I knew like, a, they may have, I, I can tell you that a, a, a guy at HUD housing and urban development was a pizza gator and they caught him. They, they found his old tweets about pizza. Fuck. fuck. Like they're <laughs> just like Mike Cernovich really has a chance of being in the government. Like I don't, I mean, he's a little goofy for the government, but yeah, they're all, he, I mean, I guess a little too high profile. I'd be more worried about Cernovich joining like, some shadowy think tank where he just has like the ear of like uh, uh, of officials, you know. But yeah, I, yeah. Even he's too stupid, I think, to pull, <laughs> to pull that off.
Yeah, this 19-year-old Trump appointee, I'm trying to find him. Uh, he was like a lawyer, and I don't even think he... Uh, I don't even fucking think the guy um, passed the bar or anything. I think he was a 24-year-old deputy drug czar. That's what it was. He hired a deputy drug czar that was 24 years old. He resigned after questions over his work history. <laughs> Maybe probably the lack of it. <laughs> well, what was there to lie about when you're when you're 24? I mean, like, <laughs> Mister, he said. Uh, he was a 24-year-old former Trump campaign worker. He was appointed last year to be the deputy chief of staff at the Office of National Drug Control Policy, the agency tasked with co coordinating federal drug control efforts. However, as the Post originally reported, Wyneth had nearly no previous experience <laughs> after he graduated college in May 2016. Jesus. This motherfucker graduated, worked on Trump's campaign, and then was the deputy drug czar of the country for like 10 minutes. Or that's like a real Scaramucci situation, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 I, I really don't know. I mean, like, just the entire, like, it, it, basically, administrations, I think, start to take place a lot uh before actual elections and uh presidential campaigns try to have some sort of plan some rough plan about who they want where and i just don't think trump or the republican party had any expectation of him winning that's part of it um and and then that's also just sort of i think just exacerbated by by the rank incompetence well, he doesn't fucking care. I'll bet he doesn't care about most of these. So it's yeah. like it yeah. just is something that happens under him. You so, know? Yeah. So he for sure, I can I promise you he doesn't care about the Ajit Pai stuff. And in fact, he's he's probably tickled by it because as you noted, they have must run programming. Uh some of that features Boris Epstein, who is a who is a former Trump uh campaign advisor. So I, I'm sure he's fine with this. He would probably be, excuse me, he would probably be insanely pissed if he cared about the NLRB because this is so embarrassing for them. It is just humiliating. And part of this is the fact that, so the NLRB is, is a five-member agency. It's got um, three, three uh, members from, from the majority, two from the minority party. And they don't have enough Republicans on it right now because because the board, uh, uh, the board chair, the the old board chair, Phil Miskimara, he left, and so they they they're just in limbo right now. They have two Republicans, two Democrats. If if this rule came up again, they would lose two Democrats to one Republican because Bill Emanuel has to recuse himself. And it, it, if Trump cared, he would. He would be furious with this because it it just it it doesn't look good. I guess even if he knew, he would probably because I think of him. I you know when it comes to like that twenty four year old kid right that's in the office of national drug control policy. Yeah, uh, George W. Bush did the same shit, but he like sent those people to Iraq and stuff. Like he had them over there doing provisional government shit. Yeah. And like he made sure that they weren't somewhere where people would notice. And like they were more, that was a, I mean, a more sophisticated operation, 
I guess, than this thing where it just, I think Donald Trump thinks that tweeting is being the president. Like, I think that like his whole idea was like, no, you just go out there and you say what, what you want to get done. And then a bunch of people go and do it for you. Just like when I'm at work, I say what I want when I'm working at Trump fucking tower. And I'm like, Oh, I want a golf course in Scotland. Then somebody goes and makes a golf course happen for you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I just don't, I, I don't think he was, I mean, he's definitely not a smart guy. You know, I, I listened to two guys talk about him for about a half hour at a tire store today. And uh, I usually this was an occasion where I would have my headphones in and I would be listening to podcasts or music or something. But as soon as they started to it's just two like seven, they were one guy was 75. One, I, I assume, was in his 70s. He had fought in Vietnam and they're just talking about how Trump like, I don't like him. Look, I don't like him. But I voted for him. I think he's better than any politician. Look, he's actually getting stuff done. And like, I think the people that voted for him think that like tweeting is getting stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, they say shit. They were saying shit like they would in one in one breath say these fucking sons of bitches are going to cut my my social security. They're going to cut social security. And it's like, I mean. They can't do it without Donald Trump and the Republicans. You know what I mean? Like they, like the people that you voted for, are the ones that are going to do it. It's not the Democrats doing that. I'm I'm sure they would if they could figure out a reason to do it that's like woke or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I think uh, I think a lot of people who voted for Trump just uh, think that uh, triggering the libs is like getting things done. Right. Or like I heard him talking about like that maybe he's not the most elegant about things, but his foreign policy is really good. And they were. Yeah, it's very weird. But they were talking about how, like, look, nobody thought to talk to North Korea until now. Now he's doing it. He's a well, smart guy. I think he's a smart guy. I, I have to admit that I feel like. uh I, I mean, I don't trust him. I wouldn't trust him with a lot of things uh, generally, but I would trust him more with trying to talk to North Korea than with trying to deliberately not talk to North Korea. Right. Um, yeah. and, 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 and the fact that, you know, he might be the first president and so-and-so to have face-to-face -face talks. Like, dude, who gives a shit? The, the, the Korean Peninsula has been at a state of war for almost like seven decades now, you know, like yeah. maybe this isn't the worst idea in the world, even if he is a fucking clown. Yeah, he's a moron. But like, who's he going to talk to? You know what I mean? Like the guy he's talking to is also kind of a moron. I don't want to piss anybody off. <laughs> I don't think either <laughs> one of them are particularly like great or smart dudes. And and like, I think I always thought it, that posturing that that is was so. so and it's overstated. It's so fucking overstated that like Trump can tweet about China and then China goes on red alert. I think people fucking know <laughs> that like there's a lot of things in the way of something actually happening, you know? Yeah, and and you're you're hearing liberals sound exactly like uh like like conservatives did when Obama was talking to Iran and talking to Cuba. 
Well, they just don't want him. They don't want. I think that they're. I think that's more of them being embarrassed by him going out around the world. You know, he goes out around the world next, like, like for like I guess the best word I can think of is he goes around the world and acts boorish. It's, it's like a good word to describe. No, the way no, he no, acts. no, 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 no. Nira, Nira Tandon tweeted that Trump was sur- like, this is giving up, like this is surrendering to North Korea, which like it's the sort of rhetoric that you'd expect to hear from like a far right, like England hooligan or something like no surrender to the IRA or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, That's a big, like uh that's like a Sean Hannity thing. Yeah. Like, exactly. hear Sean Hannity say he's, he's surrendered. Obama has surrendered to Iran. He's given them everything they've ever wanted. Exactly. Oh, they're giving them billions of dollars. No, no. Yeah. I, he, you know, he, I, he's a one-term president and he's not hopefully going to get a ton done. I mean, the shitty thing is, is the way that he's emboldened law enforcement, you know, yeah. that's, yeah. that's really, that's the big bummer is like, it feels like, it feels like the FBI, the CIA and local and state police and, and the military, it feels like they have an ice, especially they, they feel so emboldened. And so, like they're doing anything they want, they're really laying a lot. They're they're kind of laying themselves out there because they know nothing is going to happen. There's nothing anybody can do about what the Columbus Police Department does, or about what the NYPD or LAPD does, and it or you know any police department. There's like nothing anybody can do about what the FBI. I guess like the FBI is kind of unpopular, thankfully for the time being but <laughs> i'm sure that changes eventually <laughs> well it's, yeah. uh, it's unpopular with republicans i think yeah, the Democrats are in love with it more than ever yeah unfortunately it's unpopular for the wrong reasons yeah and for it's sure just, it's unpopular because trump's brain is mush and for <laughs> literally no other reason yeah so there's one more guy there is there is but i did want to mention uh before we move on just that one of the beautiful uh, chef kiss things, the, the chef kiss thing on top of the chef kiss thing uh, with this Bill Emanuel debacle is uh, there's a, there was uh, basically the, NL, the NLRB general counsel cited this decision to reverse the joint employer. He, he cited it in a case to stop a case against McDonald's. McDonald's basically been sued uh, by 900 people 900 employees who had been involved in the uh, in the fight for 15 campaign, and they claimed they were they were fired or harassed uh, as a, as a result of their concerted activity. And so, uh, basically, their Democratic lawmakers are putting pressure on the NLRB now to to continue this lawsuit because the justification that they cited for it is uh, has been completely scrapped. So, even if this only amounts to a delay at least it's a few more months that uh mcdonald's has to sweat it out uh you know over over what might come of this decision yeah yeah i i think late i think i mean hell if if it ends up being two democrats and one republican it might be time to just sneak a shitload of stuff in there if you can you know like yeah well yeah i mean the republicans still control the agenda and ah. it's and emmanuel only has to recuse himself uh if the joint employer case comes up 
for, for, for some time. So, unfortunately. I hate McDonald's, Sam. Yeah. I like their French fries, but I hate them. I feel I, like I, I could get I, better I French eat, fries. Yeah, I eat McDonald's. I'm not going to lie and, and, and pretend like I don't. I, I it's, it's, it's fast food crack. I don't know what else to say. It's food crack. It's like Reese's. That's what I always say about Reese's. I'm like, I don't know, man. I just, I have to fucking eat those things. You can tell me anything bad about them, but nothing else tastes like it and nothing else scratches that itch because I was given those when I was, you know, three. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm probably going to eat them until I'm dead now. Yeah. So oh, they're so good in Reese's. Uh, they are. They're. Fu- it's not even peanut butter. I don't even know what the fuck it is. It's just <laughs> Reese's flavor. I and think they I, just stir a bunch of sugar into the peanut butter. Oh, I think there's other stuff to I, I, because they somehow maybe it's, yeah, like a simple syrup because it's always it's like a little bit wetter than peanut. Because I bought the Reese peanut butter at the store, it fucking yeah. sucks. It's not the same thing. It's completely different. It doesn't even taste like it. Uh, I've I've actually put that on chunky chips ahoy and made cookie <laughs> sandwiches, and it tastes really good. That is fucking crazy. I tried to make I was trying to make uh peanut butter cookies with I had like this whole fucking idea and I don't remember exact I think I was making like a Swiss cake roll. I was gonna make a Reese, like I was gonna make a Swiss cake roll and roll it out, and then I was gonna like put a giant that peanut butter on. Yeah, basically, and then roll it up like they do the Swiss yeah, yeah. and put chocolate ganache on it. That was my plan. Mm. But then I tried it and I was like, this just tastes like regular old peanut butter. So I put cream on it. <laughs> so who's our next? Who's our next fucking asshole in the lineup? The uh, next and final asshole I have lined up uh, is a fellow by the name of Mick Mulvaney. Uh, longtime Congress heads might know him as uh, one of the one of the Tea Party guys who spearheaded the move to basically. Uh, make the U.S. government default on its debt over mm. just like a congressional procedural thing. Oh, I love those. That was debt ceiling days. I yeah. loved that time. Yeah. So he, he Trump made him basically like the top, uh, one of the top, if not the top, White House uh, policy advisors as, as the head of the uh, Office of Management and Budget. Um, it's kind of obscure arm that has just like, pretty insane amounts of power if especially if the president is just some fucking airheaded dipshit who doesn't pay attention to detail uh but what was made worse is that trump made him temporary head of the consumer financial protection bureau (laughs) i know them yeah uh this uh, ohio listeners will know this name richard cordray he was a pb head he dropped out he's running for governor in ohio um he had investigated some payday lenders. Okay, we can boil it down to that. We don't need to get into all the details. So he he'd investigated some payday lenders, and uh, Mick Mulvaney takes over on a temporary basis. And one of the lenders that gave Mick Mulvaney, as a congressman, four thousand five hundred dollars in campa- campaign donations, one of those lenders uh, gets news that all of a sudden the CFPB is no longer uh, investigating <laughs> them. Just but one of them? Well, there were, I think there were four specific investigations uh, that Mulvaney dropped, and one out of four had given him donations. Nice. Um, at, years ago or whatever. But 
you know, it's, uh, I don't know, it's pretty standard stuff, but it, it, it got a little juicy. Uh, the details got a little funny. And this news just came out a few days ago through uh, the Freedom of Information Act request. And I, I'll just read uh, part of the AP reporting on this. <clears throat> on January 22nd, the company, World Acceptance Corporation, said the investigation had been completed without enforcement action. It also said CEO Janet Matriciani had resigned after two and a half years in that position. Two days later, Matriciani sent an email to what appears to be Mulvaney's personal email address to pitch herself as a candidate to lead the CFPB. The email was shared exclusively with the Associated Press by Allied Progress, a left-leaning consumer advocacy group which obtained the document as part of a FOIA request. Now, uh, reading directly from the email, quote, I would love to apply for the position of director of the CFPB. Who better than me, who better than me understand the need to treat consumers respectfully and honestly and the equal need to offer credit to lower income consumers in order to help them manage their daily lives? Uh, so evidently they were charging interest rates uh, over 200% in some cases. Yeah. It, and she wanted to be uh, the head of the CFPB. She also uh, sent her resume, attached it. Like I first read that, I thought it, I thought she was joking, and then I clicked on, um, you know, Allied Progresses uh, had like the email and stuff, and she she attached her resume to the. <laughs> she wasn't kidding. <laughs> it, it, I mean, I, I know that the people that run those places probably in their heads have to tell themselves that they're helping poor people get money. Do you think, I mean, I feel like I buy that in a way because I've just been around so many people who look at ugly things and think that they're not as bad, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, there is for sure a, uh, I think a higher percentage of like sociopaths and finance. Yeah. That, like that, there's that. There, there was an interesting, um, there was an interesting podcast. Uh, it's called snap judgment. It, it, NPR podcast. I'm probably losing all my uh, cool points or whatever cool points I had left. Uh, and, and one of the, one of the, it's a storytelling podcast. And one of the, one of the ones they did was a guy who was a payday lender in Michigan and he talks about how he slowly gets out of it and, and starts to suddenly think it's like, it's kind of fucked up. And I don't know that, that, that's, that was that what you just said just sort of reminded me of that. Right. It It is really like, I, I don't know, man. Like I can see thinking, I guess I can see in a way thinking like, well, nobody's going to give these people money. And if I don't give them money, then you know, they're not going to have any like as your thing, but it's like, well, it's got, okay. I got a good example. The guy that I worked with at the, at the, uh, uh, deli, the diner that I worked at hired felons and he hired like, you know, most of the people that worked there were felons and he felt really good about the fact that he hired felons, but he treated them like shit and paid a minimum wage. <laughs> and like, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of the same thing. Like, so he gets to go around and be like, oh, you know, nobody wants to hire felons. I'm a guy that fucking hires ex felons. I'm great. And then once he hires them, he just he fucking treats them like trash and pays them eight dollars an hour to do hard work, you know? Yeah. And 
I mean, this is it, it's a common theme in all aspects of capitalism. Um, you know, like people say that they are giving jobs to undocumented immigrants and then abusing them and taking advantage of their status or lack thereof. Uh, same with uh, offshoring and, 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 and bringing jobs overseas. People say, oh, you know, you Western leftists will talk about sweatshops, but, but this, these are jobs in these countries and we're bringing them like infrastructure and jobs and shit. So I don't know. I, I, I feel like this is just a, a, a standard mechanism that is throughout capitalism. It's just yeah. so, it's so in your face with, with this payday loan stuff because all you can think about are loan sharks. And this is just like, it's all mafia shit, you know? Like, yeah. You, you this, can't this is fucking really stripped down. You, you can't fucking get out. I mean, like, I know in Ohio, they made a few more tiny laws against it, but it's, it's, I guess it's like tightly regulated as fucking anything else is. Well, well, we here, here, you know? here, here's another thing, and th this is from a a ProPublica uh, story about world acceptance. Is that yes, yes, there are state laws. A lot of states, uh, like Georgia, Georgia of all states, caps uh, payday loans. But in states where laws barred, such, and reading now from ProPublica, in states where laws barred such high rates. The installment lender loaded many loans with nearly useless insurance products that bloated the cost. Company boasted over 800,000 customers, part of the loan installment industry that claimed to loan to millions. 800,000 customers. Jesus Christ. I, I did I did uh, a place called Checksmart for years. And, and like I used to melt down thinking sometimes that they wouldn't give me the money. You know, because... I mean, I can tell you my exact finances at the time I was making about $800 every two weeks. And my wife, I don't remember what she was making, but basically what we would do is we'd pay all the bills with my wife's check. And then I would take my uh, $800 and I would go to the payday advance place and pay off the previous week's $500 payday advance at $575. And then I would have a few hundred dollars to grocery shop. And, you know, obviously I fucking bought drugs and partied all weekend. <laughs> and then <laughs> that Monday I had to go back to the payday advance place and get the $500 again. I wrote it into my budget. I wrote that $500 into my budget for probably three or four years. You know, every year in January, I would pay it off with my tax return yeah. and then be back on it by March. And I, I, you know, I bet if you were to, uh, to run into Ohio candidate for governor, Richard Cordray, he would call that the debt trap, the debt trap, which is uh, what they called it at the CFPB when he was there. And a lot of people like they end up, like getting into these cycles where, where they extend the loan six or seven times when they only intended to just make a one-time stopgap thing. Well, shit, they don't even like stop you from going to two different places. I know. I mean, I know people that paid off one payday advance with another payday advance where they yeah. had to go to two different places in their pay period to make sure that they made it to the next payday. And it's like, they started to pass a, a few more laws on like things like you couldn't extend them anymore. So if 
your two weeks was up. They just tried to cash it. If it fucking yeah. bounced, you were fucked. You yeah. <laughs> so. And the CFPB, uh, because by law, when, when the CFPB was created, it was uh, forbidden from uh, capping interest rates, which is a huge concession, huge fuck up by the Democrats, if you think about it, because how cool would that be if there was like an actual like federal agency enforcing interest rate caps? Yeah, that, would, yes. that would be pretty badass. So, but, but this payday rule is just you have to try to do some due diligence to make sure that whoever you're lending to like can like afford it in a reasonable sort of model of prediction or whatever. And uh, yeah, they and, and Mick Mulvaney right. suspended it. Mick Mulvaney, in addition to doing all these uh, uh, investigate, stopping these investigations, Mulvaney basically suspended the rule and, and they're not even doing that meager thing. Yeah. I mean, aren't the Democrats also like fond of the payday advance shit? Like I know that the big rap on Debbie Wasserman Schultz was that she was like in the payday advance pocket too. There are definitely uh, a few Democrats uh, on the house financial services committee who vote with payday loans, uh, payday lenders. Um, I, I feel like it's mostly in the house, but possibly in the senate too because right now as we speak uh you know uh, this week the uh the, the banking deregulation bill is going through the senate with with the support of 16 uh democrats so I, I wouldn't be surprised if a few of them there also were down with payday lenders it, it really like it seems like that is a thing we joke around a lot on here about the post office right about like banking through the post office but that seems like a really nice way to, to try to eliminate this payday advance stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and banking is, I mean, if you think about what the term utility means, banking should be regulated as a utility. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't like today, it, 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 you would think it wrong if someone didn't have running water or heat in yes. their apartment and how are we not arriving at the same conclusion with banks where there should just be a minimal universal level of banking what's really frustrating by the way is sometimes you hear democrats talk about this issue and they say we need financial literacy that makes me want to fucking light yes. my hair on fire that makes me want to just goddamn cut off my hand and, and use my other hand to take my severed hand and beat myself with it. <laughs> I yeah, that kind of thing pisses me off too because it could be so much easier and so so much clearer what the right things to do. Honestly, like we don't need to, I don't understand why I'm paying American Electric power to bring me power when I pay taxes too. You know, yeah. like, why can't my taxes just pay for the fucking power too and you know what now the internet you can pay for that like it's all fucking out there but let's just cut these let's cut spectrum out you know like why They're i parasites yeah that's exactly what they are the shit's all here i don't i mean i don't know how this shit works but i highly doubt that they even put the goddamn lines in you know i guess maybe they did but they got it's because they got a contract i'm sure they could have found somebody else to put the lines in too <laughs> But the yeah. banking industry is so fucked and, and to deregulate it. I mean, like, cause you think about when we're talking about 
we're now talking about maybe the lowest rung of the banking industry when we talk about payday advances, but yeah. they're a real example of what these fucking people can get away with. And they're doing it on a really large, I mean, I, I mean, you think about payday advances, ripping people off and they probably are, but they're probably making a smaller amount of money than what's going on above them in the bigger banks and people just don't fucking understand it. Like they, they can't wrap their mind around the amounts of money. Like the way I just talked about what I was making at the time and what I was doing, like you could do that with billions and millions of dollars and nobody would know what the fuck you were talking about. You know? well, I, well, actually it's funny you mentioned that and, and also Democrats support for payday lending because there was a bill that uh, last I checked, no, it only, it only passed committee for sure. It hasn't passed the full house but it passed the financial services committee. And basically this, this, this bill was designed to reverse a court decision. And what the bill would effectively do is uh, create a giant loophole in state level interest rate caps. Because, and the reason they want to do this is, is because of what, what you were talking about is because of investors in the payday loan companies and, and and networks there they want it to be they they want the money the capital to be able to cross state lines more easily and not have investors have to worry about uh getting sued under under state level caps and so a bunch of a bunch of democrats well a bunch a few democrats uh in the committee voted for that shit and uh it's pretty shameful yeah fucking they're the worst i i don't even know like I, I guess they're the ones. They're it's the re, they're the ones that do the reason the adult in the room shit. You just it, need financial literacy, young man. Yeah, that shit is basically the fucking avocado toast. Millennials stop buying avocado toast. That shit is basically liberals lecturing you on financial literacy. That shit is the same. When and when money, I mean the when wages are the cost of living's up and wages are down. Like, what is financial literacy going to do for me if I'm not bringing in as much as I need? Have Have you tried uh, making more money? Yes. That is the salute. What is the other fucking salute? Have you tried eating iceberg lettuce every day for dinner? Have you, have you like, thought about drinking, you know, water until your tummy's full? <laughs> I... Do they think financial literacy is like well? Uh, well, if you just read enough books, then uh, then you'll make more money. And uh, right, well, that is true. Yeah, if you you know, I read ten books last. I I read twelve books last year. That's why I make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year to fill out spreadsheets. <laughs> I have a I have a skill that I have the skill of bread spreadsheet. I said bread street, bread street. Now I'm so high, Sam. I smoked. Like I keep hitting my vape as we talk. Damn. But I haven't, uh, I haven't smoked since right before we started, so I'm jealous. Well, I got a vape. I can just sit here and do it. I just, I, it's sitting in front of me. I look at it. The other night, you want to hear something real fucking cool? Yeah. I have this PAX, right? And I go to this wrestling show, and it's one of the ones where you got to walk through a fucking metal detector. Uh. And the PAX is metal. I took it out of my pocket and just put it in the thing <laughs> with everything else in my pocket. And they didn't even know what it was. And they just let me walk right in with it. That's amazing. Well, I, I'm sure you could have just been like, oh, this is a tobacco vape. And they would be like, just don't smoke it inside or something. 
my idea was to call it a lighter thing. Ah, it's a lighter thing. Like light thing. <laughs> this is a uh, battery for my phone, uh, an external battery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I, as I was walking up, I was like, I'm gonna put this fucking thing in my shoe. And Brett was like, they fucking are going to hit you with a metal detector. And I was like, fine, I'm just going to stick it on the thing. I'm going to a luxury box anyway. Actually, kind of part of me thought, oh, I'm sitting in an executive suite. They're not even going to search me. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> it's not a, that's not a bad uh, inclination. That's not a wrong inclination, I don't think. The executive suites are like... Man, if you want, have you ever been in an executive seat suite at anything? Yeah, actually, yes, I have, and man, they're fucking nice. It's that is capital. That is where you know what class, where you stand in the class hierarchy. Because <laughs> man, I have been. I I don't think I've been to concerts at the Nationwide Arena, and I've been to Blue Jackets games. But last Sunday, we went to a wrestling pay-per-view, and it's the first time I had ever been in the suites. And I walk in there, and it's fucking free food. They have free pizza, free yeah. wings, free popcorn, free chips, a fucking refrigerator where people, the people that were in the box with me were drinking champagne out of the bottle while yeah. they watched professional wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> in these big leather chairs and i was just like it's just it's fucking not fair that we get to sit here and then everybody down there that paid 200 and like none of us even fucking paid to get in none of the people sitting in there paid any money to get in and and the people sitting in the chair i looked at the prices of these tickets dude and it was like the people sitting directly in front of me paid 250 dollars a ticket to see this thing Damn. Yeah. That was the box just owned by some corporation that, and no one wanted to go to the wrestling or something. Well, no, this one was full. Actually, this box was, was full, but the other ones were, it, it's a bar. It's a company that owns a bunch of bars in town. So everybody, you know, was into going to wrestling, but you could tell uh, that okay. there were a lot of other luxury boxes <laughs> that were very sparse, but <laughs> Brett and I are sitting up there during the show at one point, just talking about how like, these fucking guys go to these hockey games that are like the hugest part of a regular person's month. And they go to these hockey games and they sit in a chair and watch it on a TV in the box and talk about business deals and shit. Like they don't even fucking watch the game. They just are there and they get everything fucking handed to them. And it makes me hate them even more. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Uh, so, yeah, I have been in a luxury box at a hockey game when I was, I think I was in like fifth or sixth grade or something. So I was too young to drink, unfortunately, but I was fucking stoked about the food. And I think I remember being really stoked about the fact that I could take off my shoes. Yeah, you. there's a fuck, dude, there was a bathroom in the one yeah. we were in. Like we had our own private bathroom. <laughs> Yeah, like we we just I remember also after the game we're like, can we just stay here as long as possible? <laughs> I'm I really like I went to two free shows last week and I was just the whole time thinking about how unfair it is that like I was fucking taking out payday advances to buy concert tickets 10 years, 15 years ago, you know, and now people just are like, you want to come to this concert? And they put me on the list and I'm like, I should have fucking been getting this. Like, I hate that we all like, cause ticket prices are fucking crazy now for everything. Yeah. You're, you're, I, I mean, 
I was talking in a chat that I'm in about wrestling, about how we charge five to 10. We charge $5 if we can $10 in New York or in a, and maybe DC, like a few other places we've charged 10 bucks. You should charge 10 in DC. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that much. You, and, you're good charging 10 here. <laughs> and people in the chat, I mean, when I've had this conversation with other people that like, if you don't charge something, then people will think it's not important, but yeah. if you charge too much, I like, I don't want to fucking, I, I don't want a barrier to entry is how I feel. So it's kind of like $5, I think is fair. If I'm driving to your fucking city and doing a show for you and hanging out with you afterwards, I think $10 is fair. But I'd be afraid that once I got to 15 or 20, people would freak out. But then, like, my daughter, I'm taking her to see some fucking YouTubers uh, next week. Oh, so, no, Logan Paul. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> this is a more uh, Annie. Uh, God damn it. I keep forgetting her name. Annie something. She's a big deal. She's a big fucking deal. Okay. I don't even know if she sings by the way <laughs> like i don't know what we're going to actually see <laughs> annie leblanc is her name you can look her up later she's like 15 years old she's famous and she goes on youtube but i'm taking her to see that it's fucking 35 dollars to get in there and jesus christ <laughs> 35 dollars for each of us i'm paying 70 bucks to go see somebody from youtube and i'm like i don't know i mean i try to i go to the movies and i'm spending 40 dollars there like, I don't even know what you can do if you don't have money now, you Jesus know, Christ, she's only 13 years old. Yeah, I believe she's 13 or 14 and she's it's $35 to get in. And like I said, I'm not even 100% sure she sings. I think we're going. I think she might sing, but I don't even know what she sings. I don't know what we're going to see is what I'm telling you. It's it's called the rock your hair tour. And I don't think my daughter knows what we're going to see. She's just fucking amped about it. And she's so excited to go. So I'm going to take her. But I just, I look at those prices and I'm like, can anybody fucking afford to do anything anymore? Well, I mean, when I was a kid, it went to uh, everything I went and saw probably went to about $25. I don't remember OzFest was like $25 to $35. And $35 is the lowest price that I've seen for a lot of stuff now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's like one of those memes where it's like you have a hundred dollars to spend on a show. Boom. You're spending all your money on Annie LeBlanc. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's the kid that I mean, you got a kid and they get your money. I, I just got I went through it today. We went to uh, I she ripped a hole in a pair of leggings. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, how much are leggings? And she's like $25 or so. No more than $25. I was like, fine, let's go get you some leggings. And we went and she got $55 out of me. She got $55 pair of pants out of me. <laughs> deal. And I was just like, they just, I did just teens know how to get in your wallet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Traditional dad problems, Sam. That's just what I go through. Well, let's see. I, I don't know if I have really anything else. I had... Uh, oh, I have something else. Okay, you, okay. <laughs> because you were talking about the hockey game, uh, it reminded me of a of a story I have. Which, uh, I mean, like, 
basically if you're if you're out in public uh you should be careful about telling these stories and who you're sitting next to because you might be an annoying piece of shit and they might they might share it one day on a podcast but what'd you do at a hockey oh, it, it, it wasn't me else. it wasn't me okay. so you were talking about all those like the guys in suits who go to hockey games uh and 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 uh and, and and they uh, they start they're they're watching TV they're not even talking about the game. I sat next <laughs> I sat next to once uh, at a hockey game, uh, like with my family, and, and the guy behind us was like a fucking Marco Rubio staffer who just like would not stop talking about like how it was hard to impregnate his wife. Jesus, <laughs> at a hockey game. Yes. But was he in? Was he in regular seats? Were you in regular seats at that time? We were pretty close to the ice, um, so they, they technically they were regular. They're expensive seats, and nice. I think there's just this culture in DC of, 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 and I guess everywhere. Um, I mean, anywhere where you have professional sports, it's going to attract uh, an elite, you know, class of people who can afford to blow like three hundred dollars on a whim. Or whatever. I mean, shit, that's who they want. It seems like who they want there. That seems like yeah. they don't want anybody else there except for it, like, it, rich people. Yeah, it's really sad. Like, well, not really sad, but it's. I guess it's just kind of annoying. But if you go to a Washington Capitals game, I feel like you'll see a lot of the lower bowl just like talking amongst themselves, like fucking constantly throughout the game. And not if it's like a playoff game, but like you know, in the in the earlier part of the season, but. Still, man, I mean that that shit should be for for fans, you know. Yeah, wrestling's the same way. You'll see guys that paid a thousand dollars for their seats looking at their phone during yeah. the fucking during the show, and you're like, you can see them on. T you're like sitting at your house, fucking watching this on TV, and this guy's sitting five feet away from the ring, and he's staring at his phone. And you're like, you motherfucker, you don't value anything. Yeah. So the lesson of the story is if. You are going to be one of those assholes. Uh, don't be a Marco Rubio staffer who's talking about how it's hard to uh, get your wife prego because someone will talk about it on a podcast. That's good though. It's good that that we we told we we got him. Marco Rubio is in the deepest shit right now. I just saw it today, and my kid's been shit talking him. My kid, yeah, is shit talking Marco Rubio. You fucking take on the teens. You got to take on all of them at once. I know. That's. I don't know why these guys think that they can win, especially like online. I saw a bunch of conservatives freaking out yesterday because that David Hogg guy made a video making fun of them for thinking that he for thinking he's a crisis actor. Like he made a video trolling them saying that he was a crisis actor and it showed up on a bunch of pages like he's not even sad. It's amazing <laughs> because these same people were like freaking out a lot of the the. Uh, chattering classes in the political establishment and now they're up against literally a teenager who actually knows how to deal with these people and he's just mocking them mercilessly and alex jones is losing a fight to a fucking teenager over and over again on a daily basis it's like god damn david hogg don't hurt him yeah he's great he's he's having i think he's having fun i mean obviously you don't want a bunch of I'm not saying he's having fun, like right. Yeah, no, it's a, because he's obviously in a shitty situation. But you know, you 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 gotta or you do make the most of whatever shitty situation you're in. He, he's done a pretty good job of it. 
that's how I feel. I mean, when I'm bummed and stuff, I, I make joke. My show is fucking about joking about stuff that bums you out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Sam, I, I want to thank you for coming on here and making up for our call-in show this week, because if you didn't do this, there wouldn't be anything. No, <laughs> so, it's good. You know, I, I, I truly think that the, the pie and Mick Mulvaney and, uh, and, and Bill Emanuel are, are, are true scumbags uh, it, in, in a way that Street Fight listeners can really appreciate. Yeah. I mean, we hate all those guys. And, you know, there isn't any guys that we're super into. So Sure, sure. But in terms of, like, narrative, whatever, like, it, it, they're pretty funny stories and scummy stories or whatever. Both, really. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, I you know, it is. I think it's important for the. I think the people that listen to the show, obviously they do know what's going on out there, but I do think it's important for Brett and I to know a little, know who some of these guys are. And like, I, I don't totally think it's a waste of time. You know, I, I just, I feel like I've said this before, but there's shows that cut your guys. show does it better. You know, the Chapo guys do that sort of media cut criticism better than we do. So why not just, you know, we do what we do and feel like we can exist in a world where people as a companion to other things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for doing the show, Sam. And uh, definitely we'll we're going to do a million more shows together in the future. I mean, on, only more shows. Yeah. Uh, so go to the di give to the District Sentinel Patreon. They they are sweet. Can you give them the address? Patreon.com slash District Sentinel. And give to them so you can see the video of Sam Sachs punching the shit out of a guy. I've seen it. It's a <laughs> knockout punch, and it's well, worth uh, seeing. Yeah, we we uh, we're hoping to uh, release that video when our Patreon hits five thousand uh, dollars. Basically, Sam Sachs decked some asshole in New Orleans, uh, and it was caught on tape. It's beautiful. It's it, it is a what I have seen the tape. Uh, Brett has seen the tape and it's terrific. Actually, you know what? And I'm going to say this. I know this sounds bad. I let my wife see it because my wife uh, looked at you guys and she thought Sam Sachs was like a really like normal square dude. And I'm like, that motherfucker is not. He punched a guy out and he smokes more weed than almost anybody I've ever met. Uh, I, I think I, well, let's not, I, I smoke. Well, I'm saying him. he thought that yeah. you were, she thought you were like out of control because you dress like an insane person. I think. So I she think, was already you know, been, like Sam's think, nuts. I've been thinking about that, Brian. I think, well, well, first of all, you were complaining about doing two shows in like two weeks. We did bat like two, two shows in three nights. Again, I would have done that. Columbus. Also, I think I forgot my comb on that trip. So, well, no, uh, you were just stoned and you were wearing like cat shirt, cat laser shirt. And the thing that messes you up is that Sam looks put. You know what I mean? Like he, he does. He all really stuff. pissed me off, actually, because I was like, I was like, man, we're fucking, we're in Ohio, you know, we're in the Midwest. Are you? What are you trying to like dress up like the whatever? Like we're we're <laughs> we're trying to like fucking. Also, you know, we kind of got like a fucking scummy aesthetic going on. I don't know. <laughs> no, we were, I, I, we were doing a show that night in the fucking place where Matt Chrisman passed out in the corner. And I, <laughs> what are you going to fucking wear a, a, a an Armani suit to that shit? Get out yeah. of here, Sam Sachs. I mean, I do, I do 
I, I mean, I can't really talk shit because, I mean, I wear a hat, first of all. So that means I never have to do anything with my head. And, like, all that's expected of me is the boots and the jeans and a and some kind of a shirt, you know, I, a T-shirt or a flannel, you yeah. know. But Brett, Brett also, luckily for me, dresses to match sort of me in a way you know like a louder version of me so i don't have to worry about him upstaging me yeah. <laughs> well i mean i guess i always have to i mean he is obviously the better looking of us <laughs> so, it's very obvious that that he will upstage me in that department but no i mean i just i don't think you look well i think you are wild sam and you and you smoke a decent amount of weed i just i like to bust your beats about like my <laughs> wife just thought you looked like you were going crazy out here and i was just like nah he's fine he's she's like does he need anything i'm like he's fine the way of the road he's yeah i mean i'm doing fine i do and we did two shows in two days in new york but i was melting down for a different reason so i looked crazy but i for some reason when i get on stage i snap in and i turn into like a normal person but yeah, we got kicked out of the hotel, so I was melting down in New York. <laughs> and oh, we did a show yeah. on Friday and a show on Sunday. And, like, the Sunday show, I was just a fucking mess. Oh, man. Well, fucking New York, of all places, they shouldn't kick you out of a hotel for getting stoned. I know. That's why I, I just was like, I'm not using the discount this time. I'm paying full price. Come and get me, motherfuckers. <laughs> I'm a customer now. <laughs> well, Sam, thanks for calling in. Donate to their Patreon. Their bonus show is great. And uh, peace, everybody. I said the peace thing like Brett does. That's pretty sweet to me. Front to back street, listen, we on a mission to get right. Working street corner in the midnight, picture the scene. These fiends with five, ten dollar dream scheme. Four stack of that, believe that. I'm with whatever, like we straw. Stuck serving my cocaine raw. Drop 62 off the brick. Jump back 20 over, now that more money to get Slick, we finna lick on the corner without getting caught But time, keep us slipping the money getting shot Plus that crooked cop rock, bang, we blow slanging That's why he ride through the hole with the door swinging But I make moves, shake them tricks about their shoestrings Be more precise when we do things Cause life like shaking the dice But I buck back twice like five dudes, four trade Okay, Anything going, you ain't knowing how much money you spent. But in the real world, you're surrounded by these ladies and gents who hang around you because you be buying all the weed and all the chicken. Being everybody smoking them out when you broke, though they was missing. Now you ride by 4D, starting to tip your suspension. And your baby mom on child support, my fault, forgot to mention. You don't even have a checking account when thinking about no pension. I used to work at Steak and L.O. Gold off in the kitchen. Had a termination and graduating, I got the whole rap world fascinated. I wanted a piece of the pie for me and my family, so I made it. Continue to sell dope, it's paying the bill, so you gon' do it. But legislation got this new policy, three strikes and you're ruined. Now where your crew in? Yeah, yeah. Dressing dirty, dirty, gon' represent it to the tag top. Born and bred up on the street top. Get to the money in the sweet spot. And forever holler. 
when we see cops Different dressing dirty, dirty Gon' represent it to the T-top Born and bred up on the street top Get to the money in the sweet spot F forever holly When we see cops hey, Me and my buddy on the cut and they know we serving them slabs We better watch what we doing and look out for Joe now And quit reading up and standing on this same old block Before our gangsta ass partner get both of a shot Niggas talking cause they making some flow But still ain't did nothing that ain't been done before You can't be trying to showcase, just put it down for your spot And improvise and work with that little you got So I think when I finish selling my last sack I'm gonna take some of this money, go and give some back Cause people won't forget about the time you gave, know what I'm saying? And start thinking about a path to pay I'm serious, dressing dirty, dirty Gonna represent it to the T-top Born and bred up on the street top Get to the money in the sweet spot And forever hollering when we see cops, different dressing dirty, dirty. Gonna represent it to the tin top. Born and bred up on the street top. Get to the money in the sweet spot. And forever holly. When we see cops. Ooh, 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 ooh.